back, everybody, to Podden Ain't Easy, and we've come to the end of Mando Season 3. I think because we had to take a week gap in between, cover a lot of Mando, like, what time. We haven't done as many episodes about this season of Mando, which feels like it's it's gone as soon as it came. But yeah, we waited all that time for Season 3, and now it's coming to an end. We must leave the memories alone after we break down the... The last three episodes of season three were a lot finally happened. We got the big uh, finale that we got some things that we were hoping for. Some people aren't as happy about the the end of the show, but we'll get into all of that first. But joining me is the Din Jared to my Din Grogu. Fused <laughs> <laughs> multiple things when I've asked him to adopt me. Uh, he is Carl Pierce. Hello, uh, and yes, you're going to hear it live on air, Scott. I am your father. Oh, it's not true. It's not possible. <laughs> Search your feelings and ask your mum. You'll know it to be true. Uh, don't you start all the jokes about my mother. <laughs> <laughs> that woman is a saint. <laughs> uh, I would have nothing else. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna ask you how you are, but I don't care anymore. Now you you brought my mother into this. <laughs> I do apologise, Scott. <laughs> it's fine. I, I set I set I basically set you up with the whole adoption thing. So never mind. <laughs> I set you up with that one. So I um I, I don't want to adopt you. I can I can live off uh, fried Mars bars for the rest of my life. Anyway, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, there we go again. Doesn't anyway. even eat crisps, ladies and gentlemen. I don't actually know. And people ask me why, and I just, I just don't. I used to eat crisps. My main crisp I used to eat was pickled onion monster munch, and then I just one day say not to eat monster munch anymore, and then I just didn't eat any other type of crisps because I didn't eat many other types anyway. So yeah, I get my calories in other ways. I eat plenty of chocolate, you know. I am another way to fat bastard. <laughs> yeah, so as much as uh, Carl and Reese really want it, there will not be a crisp edi- flavour edition of Rank Bank, at least not with me on it. So unless they can find an alternate for that episode, then it's not going to be happening. I'm devastated, ladies and gentlemen. I was already to put salt and vinegar in goated, but. Can't do it now. Well, that's that's a fight for another day. But you may have heard we covered all the other major news in the Star Wars world and all the trailers and kind of the two Disney Plus properties last week. So if you want to hear any about that and Star Wars and the upcoming Mando film uh, with all the other characters and the Ahsoka trailer, that's in last week's episode. So go check that out. I think there was a trailer ages ago for Secret Invasion, but it's too long to talk about that. All I'll say is I watched that trailer and I thought, God, Olivia Coleman's definitely a baddie. <laughs> like, I just watched that and anything, like, I can't wait for how early on in the season we're going to find out that we couldn't trust Olivia Coleman all along. <laughs> no, I'm not Olivia. I'm not having that. I'm not having that she's a baddie. But um, is Ben Mendelsohn going to turn out to be a bad guy, though? Uh, it doesn't look like it. I mean, he's played a. I know he's played a very good bad guy in other things, such as to keep the Star Wars with like Rogue One. But it seems like he's on. He's still going to be on the side of uh, 
side of Nick Fury. I've heard rumours that Amelia Clark's character's got a connection to Ben Mendelsohn character, so that should be interesting. But I think Secret Invasion will be the major, next major thing me and Carl cover, but that's not till June 21st, so we've got a bit of a gap in between there. We're, we're going to try and find ways to bring content. Maybe not as many episodes of Planet Easy between now and Secret Invasion, though. And uh, just to keep in gimmick, it's already goated if Amelia Clark's in it, in my view. This time I won't argue against that. <laughs> <laughs> Although, let's just say, not everything can be good to Amelia Clark, and I mean, no, just look no, at no. Terminator Genesis. Or, or um, the yeah, or the Han Solo film. Or the last season of Game of Thrones. Really, if anything, fucking Amelia Clark's become the kiss of death for, for film and TV shows at the minute, so... Not optimistic about the secret invasion anymore. <laughs> it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it, Olivia Coleman, and Amelia Clark. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I mean, Olivia Coleman, you know, a woman who played two different variations of the Queen, could definitely not turn out to be a baddie. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, I definitely kissed her death. I mean, she got rid of. She called his buddy Jason Momoa to leave Game of Thrones and get killed off after one season, and he's never looked back since. He got so he was so depressed he had to become Aquaman. <laughs> that was his character arc. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm the, you know, as Drogo, not you know, being Aquaman, and then, and and he gets upset if you mix him up with Roman Reigns. <laughs> Apparently so, I mean... Which apparently does happen quite a lot, by all accounts. I mean, if anything, it was more cursed becoming Aquaman, given that Amber Heard's in that, but that's in the story for a different time. <laughs> uh, they really shit the bed on that one. But um, And possibly... Um, and, and possibly Kang as well now, by the looks, looks of things. Yeah, that's something we should talk about. I don't think, even when it comes to Disney Plus, that we will talk about Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. I mean, I didn't really want to talk about it that much anyway because it wasn't the greatest, as I mean, Reese already alluded to. But it's annoying now that the one of the only things that was saved in that film was the performance of Jonathan Majors, who is doing several legal things that we will not get into. Mm. It's looking like he's not going to be playing Kang. He's even talking about how Kang maybe recast and going forward. And there's Dexter. He wasn't in, he didn't hear him at all once last episode. And we were on such a roll that Dexter has to come in and ruin it. Mm. Well, they could perhaps have a, you know, because it's all variants. Perhaps they could have a, a variant that just looks different. I mean, we have a crocodile Loki, for God's sake. So we can have a Ben Affleck Kang or whatever they want to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's different variations of Kang. What's really interesting is uh, going back to one of his first appearances was a variation of Kang that trolled back to like ancient Egypt and became like an emperor and that, and that's when he was first discovered by Fantastic Four. And the rumour is that a variant of that, that variant of Kang that goes back to ancient Egypt will be the villain of Moon Knight Season 2. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, I did hear something about that. It's all connected. It really is. <laughs> Yes, Dexter definitely is. Dexter loves but Moon Knight, so he does. He loves Ethan Hawke. I do like Ethan Hawke, but I wasn't keen. I, as I've said, I wasn't that super keen on um, um, oh, what was it? Moon Knight. It just wasn't yeah. really my cup of tea. 
I'll tell you what could happen. Perhaps um, perhaps he gets so beat up in um, Creed Free that it becomes Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> it turns out that uh, Kang and Killmonger were just the same person, but just different variants <laughs> of the same person. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could work. Just, anyone can make it work, it's Disney. It could happen. It could happen. Well, yeah, I have no idea who it's going to be, but uh, they've got a tall task ahead of them. One trying to step in that shoes of a guy that's seemingly going to have a major part in the MCU going forward. Also trying to get you to forget that the guy who who's in the role. I mean, first, Ezra Miller in there. This, What is it with these superhero actors getting themselves out of trouble and putting bloody franchises at risk? <laughs> because a lot of actors are knobs behind closed doors by the looks of things. See, that's why we're so lucky. Like, that's the only thing about the Ant-Man films, like, after the first one, that they aren't as good because fucking Paul Rudd is doing his best with his sheer charm and charisma, you know. If Paul Rudd ever got found out, if something bad ever got found out about Paul Rudd, he had to get cancer. I'd lose all faith in humanity. He's one of the few good ones left. No, I think he's all right. Let's hope so. He was at, he was at Wrexham the other day as well, which is just <laughs> down the road from me. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else we're going to really talk about uh, between now and Secret Invasion, but I'm sure we'll think of something. We'll think of something. But as we are the man, we are once the man of all. We must finish, you know, our journey like Mando had to had to do with Grogu, and we must must do what he didn't do at WrestleMania and finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but I think Carl, before we get into it properly. Uh, there was a bit of consensus. Uh, I don't know how much you agree with it or not. That a lot of people were set up, seemingly set up by episode seven because how much they enjoyed it. That there was a feel, a feeling that maybe episode eight didn't fully live up to that in terms of an ending for the season. Uh possibly. I mean, that, I quite enjoyed the the ending. I'm, I'm not one of these people who sort of already decides how everything should end or everything should go before I've watched it. I think that's a lot of people's problem. They like to sort of, for lack of a better term, fantasy book, how shows are going to end and how, well, how shows are going to develop and end and what's going to happen. And when what they've already predetermined in their mind doesn't happen, they get disappointed while I'm, while I'm too thick to fantasy book things. So I just go into it <laughs> thinking, I wonder what will happen. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't normally get too upset about it. And the few occasions he does find it, he usually forgets it by the time he has to present it. So there's, there's no point in trying. <laughs> uh, unless it, yeah, well, but, uh, unless they've killed off Aunt May or Osama Hayek, and then I get upset. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it! <laughs> you will never forget it. Never let it be said that Carl can't hold a grudge. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's get into it. Chapter 7, The Spies, which set the rumour mill buzz, because I think we got an idea of one of the spies, obviously, being that Alaya K, I believe her name is, who helped trick Dr. Pershing way back in the third episode of the series, and she revealed that, of course, she was secretly working for Moff Gideon the whole time. Yeah, I mean, that was wasn't, wasn't much of a surprise, really, let's be, let's be honest. But everyone was focusing on the spies, like plurals, like she's one spy, there's got to be another spy. There are all sorts of theories mm. in the week between the two episodes going around. And we'll talk about those in a little bit. But how I'm watching this, the opening of this, like 
it's a different area of course than we're used to and i'm like god like i might did i switch on blade runner at some point <laughs> it looked <laughs> a bit like it looked a bit like that planet um obi-wan had to go on to mm-hmm. to save a young princess leia didn't it? that's what it reminded me of yeah i got that as well yeah like it was very neon very blade mm. runner like and then he, she sees this massive fucking imperial like pro droid and talks to a hologram of Moff Gideon where it basically gets confirmed just that it was Moff Gideon who was working with the pirates to attack Navarro and he seems to be shocked to hear that the uh, that Mando and Bo-Katan got their tried to work together and then there's rumours of the them getting together with uh, Bo-Katan's tribe and it's like no those, those tribes are sworn enemies uh so he has to go figure out his, his next DJ's plan. And God, I, mean, I love it when villains don't try to hide the fact that they're villains because off games walking all black, big robe, this big fucking fortress, underground fortress with all these shields and troopers and this best, what we later find out is best car armor. Like, this is the most super villainy walk I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It's like in real life with the Nazis. That that's have skulls on our uniforms. That that doesn't scream we're the bad guys, does it? But there's even like a, a Mitchell and Webb sketch. Of yeah, <laughs> I was going to allude to that. Where they like they're playing two Nazis, like oh, are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've even got skulls on our uniform. <laughs> <laughs> we've got skulls. Uh, and then he gets a meeting with the Shadow Council. Uh, these other Imperial generals all gather around via hologram as he talks, basically tells them that Pershing was captured and his research is lost for now. Mm, uh, he's, he's lying though, isn't he? He's obviously, he's obviously got his own agenda, hasn't he, compared to the others, which becomes more clear in uh, the final episode, I suppose. But yeah, he's not, he's not quite working with the others as Really, is he? Off oh, Gideon, not still truth. No, he's definitely he's subtle there, that man. <laughs> uh, amongst the group is a, a, character, a character called Captain Pelion, who in Legends can is supposedly like a right hand, like an underling of Admiral Thrawn, who does even mention Thrawn, like, oh, Thrawn's return will help herald the new age of the Empire. So I'm sure that will tie into Ahsoka in some way. Mm. But then kind of goes against why it's said. I assume that Gideon did know about Thrawn before, and then he goes like, well, where is Thrawn? No, none of us have ever actually seen him, so really Thrawn's been in hiding for some point, some time, and his big return statement will happen, like, whatever his plan is in Ahsoka. Yeah, he pretty much poo-poos um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, doesn't he? He's not, he's not, in, he's not interested at all in, in the fact that he might still be around. Yeah. And he doesn't want really, like hang all their hopes on the fact he may or may not be around when he doesn't see any evidence that Thrawn is back. And I don't mm. know he was talking to a, a captain, or I got my notes here, Captain Brendel Hux, uh, uh, who I think is actually meant to be a young version of the father of mm. the General Hux that we see in the sequel trilogy, actually played by Brian Gleason, the the brother of Domino Gleason, who plays General Hux in the sequel trilogy. So keeping in the family. That, yeah. They'll they'll wheel out Brendan Gleason as uh, <laughs> the long lost granddad at some point next. I mean, I wouldn't be against that. No, he's a brilliant actor. 
<laughs> as only only uh, only as long as Colin Farrell, some sort of underling or something. <laughs> For every time the Mandalorians screw up our plans, I will cut off one of my fingers. <laughs> no fingers left. No fingers left, or all the Mandos are dead. <laughs> 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 oh, look at you, cowards! Cheryl uh, Hawks talks about Project Necromancer. Talking about uh, Doctor Pearson research, so I'm assuming Necromancer is the code name for the mm. the project that would bring back Edward uh, Palpatine. And then again, buddy Gideon not being truthful, he's like, "Oh no, cloning is your obsession, not mine." Yeah, I, I don't do nothing with cloning. Honest. I wouldn't even know where to begin with all that. <laughs> no, I definitely <laughs> just shaved my moustache. <laughs> uh, but then he, they're, they're having a kind of a go at him for like his reckless bed and his attacks on like Navarro and blah, blah, blah. He spills them like uh, what happening with the Mandalorians and everything. I think we don't realise that this base that he's in is actually on Mandalore, and he basically. Said talks about to him about the importance of you know stopping the Mandalorians to make sure they don't retake their home planet. So they end up basically giving him what he wants so they can take them out. And uh, yeah, so it's weird though because like, like this is going to turn into the First Order somehow, but they are still referring to this little group as you know part of the Empire. So still not at that transition phase yet. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it sort of. Turns into the um, third, yeah, into the first order. Mm-hmm. What's funny here is then they return to Navarre to a little bit space of land that Gushkarga set for the Mandalorians, but they're all arriving in stolen Imperial ships. So the people in Navarre are all shitting themselves when they see these giant Imperial cruisers flying overhead. But Gushkarga has to reassure you, like, look, there's a big Mando symbol underneath it. Like, us, we got new friends. Uh, and so he greets them as a bit, you can tell it's a bit tense amongst the other Mandalorians. But then Grief Gaga talks with Mando and he brings out not IG 11, but IG 12. Yep. Uh, a sit in, a sit in sort of exos, almost like an exo, exoskeleton kind of thing. Yeah. Being like piloted by one of those little. I can't remember mm. what the name of the music No, no, I forgot now. So the mechanics there. And then he gets there and you see Grogu's all excited to see him like, no, baby, no squeezy. And basically it's like, yeah, so Grogu can pilot and all he can do is just press buttons like, yes, no, no, no. He basically becomes Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And so in a, in a weird way, Grogu, even if it's just by yes, you know, he can communicate with the Mando and he's just He's just loving it because he's he is, walking around, yeah. walking around, he's stealing food for, for mm, like mm. market vendors and everything, which Mando has to pay for. Like, no, put that back. No, no, no. <laughs> Costing him a fortune. You see, he's all he's yeah. Don't wanna, all right, spoiler. You know, if you, you've obviously watched it, you'll know. You know, it, at the end, he adopts um, Grogu, but he might as well be his dad there. You know, plenty yeah. of times when I'm in, in my stores. Stop touching that. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like I made a money Grogu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so all the Mandalorians get kind of set around the campfire, you know, you got the watch, 
on one side, everybody with their helmets still on, and obviously bo former group, now led by Axel, all with their helmets off, and bo kind of gives a speech rallying back, rallying them together, saying, I need uh, volunteers from both tribes to, to come with me to the server, I'll scout it for potential threats, and we'll, then we'll bring everybody else down. And you got people from both sides slowly but surely standing up. It's like a scene for fucking Spartacus. <laughs> But I think the that got everyone intrigued is when the uh, the uh, the armor said that she would go as well. Yeah, it's funny how it's always the main characters that volunteer for these jobs, isn't it? Strange that. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of people who have helmets still on that volunteer and went, ah, these are our red shirts, I assume. <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone was intrigued by that because, like, other than. When she like got involved smashing those guys on Navarro's like uh, those pirates with her like weapons are usually like tools that she uses to forge the armor. She doesn't usually get involved in missions. She's usually staying behind. So the fact that she was volunteering to go again fed into some fears I think people had about her. Mm. Yeah, because as we all know, she's up to something because she's one of the spies, apparently. I saw quite a lot of theories to ha people like really sort of pushing the boat out to explain why um why the um the armorer is the sp- is the spy. Well, yeah, I mean, that turned that turned out to be right. <laughs> I mean out of all the people who could have been the spy, I think the armor made the least fucking sense. I've only <laughs> Other than a swerve of bloody Mando himself or Pokatan working with Gideon after them, then the least sense is the bloody armor who's just who's like she lives in a cave for most of the season. When does she have time to meet with Moff Gideon and arrange this kind of thing? I know it'd be like you'd have to be like Vince Russo as one of the writers to to come up with a swerve that outlandish. Very much, I mean. But, uh, Paz Vizsla before he sacrificed at the end of the episode him I could believe is the uh, mm. spy somehow even though Mando did save his kids so that would again be a bit of a stretch but you know there was other theories about Axe Wolves or even Cosca Reeves being mm. spies which I think would be more believable on their end yeah you, you probably could have made sense of it being one of those two to be fair because mm. also there was the best girl left behind when Gideon like escaped so you could have like explained that maybe it was them, like their group after they split away from Bogotan that, that rescued them or whatever. There was all sorts of ways you could go, but they didn't go with any of that. But yeah, they all go down to the planet's surface. <laughs> they even bring Grogu along in his little IG suit. And well, interestingly, they do find a group of Mandalorians still living on the planet somehow after all this time. So again, there was other theories that they could have been secretly spies, which would have made sense actually just so you so just so happen to turn up when we arrive on the planet <laughs> yeah we're we're definitely not working for moff gideon honest <laughs> but i like their like i like their cool sort of like bar you know proper like boat looking sort of transport kind of thing that was cool yeah and like, they instantly recognize it's her um there's only three of them but they, they still remain lawyers of Pokotan. And they talk about how they give a little insane to the, the purge and how Matt Mandalore fell. And Bo-Katan finally reveals something that clearly, like, I think that Cosco reads on that new because she goes to speak up, but Bo stops her. Like, no, we can't have 
Chester Banks or Mysterious Money having any more lines than we do is necessary. But, <laughs> but she basically admits that the only way she felt like to get getting a stop and maybe negotiate surrender or peace ceasefire was to hand Gideon the dark saber. But of course, as we already established, you know, he's not a trustworthy man is Gideon. So he gets the dark saber and then just unleashes his troops anyway. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a get this muff Gideon, isn't it? You can't can't this you can't just anybody who was part of an evil empire, can you? What's the world coming to? I know, that rabs Kellyan. And we even get like I think we get I think we already knew it, but we kinda of got a bit more confirmation from the from the horse's mouth almost that the watch was one point death watch because mm. one of the guys who was still living on Mandor turns to the armor and asks, Where were you during this? And it, we were at Excel on the moons of Concordia, and he asked her point back, Are you death watch? And she said, Death watch exists no more. Yeah, it didn't didn't say I'm not or I am, did she? No, she, she just said death watch doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. But that was one of the, some of the fairies people were going on with her being a spy. Oh, look, she's got horns, which means she was she's still with Darth Maul, and that means yeah, she's the spy, etc., etc. Darth Maul, who died decades before this, after a fight with Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi <laughs> on Tatooine. <laughs> not done to be a snob or anything, but those people clearly didn't watch that emotional scene in Rebels. No, clearly not. <laughs> I showed you that means then now of like a Scooby Doo masking, like the mask says Ahsoka, and then you take it off and like Rebel Season 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave like, and I would have gotten away with it too. You <laughs> <laughs> meddling kids. Yeah. The uh, Bogota guy feeling a bit sorry for Phil and Mando's talking about the dark saber and everything, like how it doesn't really mean anything to him or his people. Like, didn't stop Paz Vizsla from trying to challenge you for it, but all right. Uh, basically, like, uh, what matters more is character and everything, and I will, he basically tries to reassure, like, I will follow you, they will follow you. Uh, the next day, we have uh, Paz Vizsla and Axe Wills try to play one of these Star Wars games, variations of a game of chess, and they're arguing about what way the chess is supposed to move. Like, oh, no, no, that only moves sideways. No, I was raised that it can go this direction. And Axwell's calls like the watch basically primitive. Like all oh, these people, these they make up their own rules for anything. We've we've all been there though when we're when we're playing a a, ga- a game or a or a sport against someone from a another town or area, and you're soundly beating them, and the others and the people. But where I but where I live, the rules are this that, and the other. Don't bad art. It's a universal game. The rules are the same everywhere, for fuck's sake. <laughs> just because you decided to make up this rule because you weren't very good at it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I've been there when, when you're playing a game with someone, you're both equally shit. So you, it's Kevin Bridges, like Kevin Bridges as a routine about playing, trying to play chess. Like you meet up at the net to discuss rule changes. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I've never been very good at chess because I don't. I, I, I sort of know how to play it vaguely, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's not really my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I vaguely know, but I'm not good enough to play a game. 
Plus, it takes yeah. too long. <laughs> <laughs> Drafts is far easier. But uh, again, they start getting to a bit of a fight. Uh, before you can get too much out of hand, Grogu steps between them like, no, 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 no. Yeah, because the Mandos say, for whatever reason, they for, they can't interfere. But uh, yeah, Grogu's not a Mando, is he? So he he stops them. Bless him. And like, he's like, oh, you taught him well. Like, I didn't teach him that. And then either when they when they have to abandon ship later on, they repay the favor by both by uh, Pad Fizzler and Axel both grab an arm and help jetpack mm. Grogu to safety. That was a nice little touch, that was. Uh, yeah, like, we talked about the Mythosaur still being alive and Pokemon hints to there still be beasts awakening after the bombing. Some weird fucking creature just bursts out of the... <laughs> like, you wonder, like, how the fuck did Gideon manage to construct such a intricate base when there's still stuff like this living on Mandalore? I'll never know. Yeah, there's big monsters everywhere trying to get these Mandalorians. They, they must make ta- they must make tasty snacks, or perhaps they like the taste of Beskar. Yeah, no. something about fucking the Beskar that attracts these weird creatures. Got to have a weird scent on that. But at the abandoned ship, everything they go further down into the uh, below the surface to find the forge. Uh, they hear a jetpack sound, which these are they find rather Mandalorians, but actually Imperial troops wearing Beskar armour, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm. Uh, they get pinned down a little bit, but they do manage to kind of hold, more than hold their own eventually, because there's little weak spots in the armour, which the Mandals know how to exploit, but these troopers don't know. <laughs> a couple of them get literally shoved off the edge, edge as well. Mm. Uh, Bax Wills finds an opening, and Paz Vidler, after there's a couple of covers for him, Gives him like cover fire so he can launch up and try and try to get back to the ship. Also, before that, the armor had to take some injured or sick people back up to the ship. Uh, she's the spy, you say. See, see the fact that both of them, <laughs> both, both of those two, led the most likely suspect, according to the internet, both led at the same time. That caused all sorts of suspicion. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to give. Um... Kudos to uh, Paz Vizsla's uh, minigun. I mean, that gun is just fucking epic. <laughs> oh, everyone's just got the regular bastards there. He's just like, no, it's basically close to a machine gun you got in Star Wars. It's like when you're playing a video game and you get that special weapon that <laughs> makes the game like 100% easier and you can just mow down all, all the enemies. This is this infinite weapon minigun or whatever, infinite weapon, infinite ammo minigun. That's, uh, that's what it reminds me of. I mean, uh, but it's one of those weapons you have to go through so many different challenges and you get all the amount of in-game points or coins or whatever to finally unlock it. After so many levels of being killed instantly because you don't have the right weapons. Well, you have to do it on extra, extra, super duper hard mode. Mm. I know. Most annoyed I think I've been at a game was at that Avengers game, the PS4 game, which apparently actually wasn't very good, so I'm glad I stopped playing it. But I don't <laughs> on one of the easier, I think probably the easiest modes, mainly so I could get to know the. I sometimes do other games, I put it on the easiest mode so I can get to know the story the controls and everything and then sometimes I go back on a little hard level and test myself a bit 
I was the game wasn't clearly mapped down what the fuck I was supposed to do at certain points. So I so I get caught, go back and do it. But because I'm on the easiest level, it kept because I'm on a certain level, it came up. Oh, you can try this on an easier level if it'll help you. Like I'm on the easiest level. <laughs> I got that. On. Uh, the first, uh, the first ever Devil May Cry game. It, it just starts off on normal, and then after you die a few times, was, why not try this on an easier level? I'm thinking you're taking the piss, but this does sound like a good idea. To be fair, <laughs> I like fucking when I played that Deadpool game on the PlayStation. Where Deadpool, because he's all brain the war wally, will take the piss out of you if you're playing badly or if you die, which if I'm playing the game happens a lot. <laughs> so uh, I got a bit sick of that. Like, I paid a good money for this game. I'm not paying to be insulted. There's certain places I could go at, late at night for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, I should get the addresses off of Liam. <laughs> But yeah, they go below the surface. They, they made the mistake of trying to chase some of the remaining Imperials away. Like, we got them on the run. Unfortunately, they get trapped and they get lured into a trap by Gideon. And it's very cool, it has to be invented, like Dark Trooper, like Mando suit with the horns on it. I, I, I said to you, kind of look like a darker version of like a Boba Fett's like, armor with the mm. helmets kind of styled. Uh, everybody else is trapped behind a door. Mando gets like taken down. And they tell me to take him to a debriefing room or whatever it is. And Bokin has to do his big supervillain monologue. Uh, like, next generation Dark Trooper suit. I, I, have, I will take the best out of all called the Jedi, Mandalorian, everything. And the best thing about this suit is it has me in it. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. <laughs> also, also like the idea where you said about the thing, I'm taking the best of everything to make the perfect order, you know, bring order to the galaxy. I like to think that's how Dave Filoni and John Favreau talk about stars. Like, I will take the best of everything. Animation, live action, Legends canon, to create the perfect Star Wars universe. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they might break their way through. He tries to get them to hand the dark zero, but Pokedad says no. Uh, she cuts away through the door to get them to safety, but Paz Fizzler decides to hold off the, the rest of the troopers and basically let them let them escape. He starts shooting his guns so much it starts overheating, so he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. It just runs at one of them and just knocks them off the edge. He's a big bit of a fucking guy. Yeah, he, he's pretty much, at this point, he's pretty much sacrificing himself so the others can get away. She sort of tries to encourage him to, to follow. And he's like, no, there's, there's too many. This is the way. And just stands firm, blasting everyone. To, I think he just likes blasting everyone to smithereens with his minigun personally. But why wouldn't you? And so he has to like, find them off hand-to-hand. He uses his knife like he's got. And he's a little like, fire shooter. Uh, so he's weakening the matches to get rid of all, the, all of them. And then like, you, I think, there's got to be something else. There's more than this. And three of those guards that you saw in Snoke's chamber in episode eight just come in the corner and this dramatic music plays. You realise, like, oh, well, you had a good run, mate, but you're going <laughs> to die now. <laughs> you're doomed. Oh, yeah. Never been a clear sign that a character is about to die. He makes a good effort, but it's three on one and they easily overpower him. And what is a very dramatic end to that episode they got these like cool looking weapons that seems to be able to cut straight through the Vescar armor as well, which is cheating, damn it. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> Cheating. Uh, like, I remember I watched this on my lunch, the day it came out on my lunch because I was working from home. I watched Choke, this episode. Choked on his um, deep friend Mars bar, he did. You're really going to have to find something else to joke about there because the deep fried Marfa is getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Choked on his hack hair. <laughs> uh, but then, I think I had a roll of sausage that day actually. Square uh, slice as well, proper. But however, I was off, I was off my lunch break. I was watching this episode. I knew some shit was probably going to happen. This episode is set up for the finale, but it happened. And I said to you on Messenger, like, can't go back to work now after that. Like, just too much <laughs> happened. I need to have a lie down. I know, yeah. It gets you stressed, doesn't it? After deep breaths. I mean, that happens every so often with these Disney Plus shows. I mean, I know you said you weren't a big fan of Midnight, but I remember episode five, I think it was, really I had a similar reaction because that's where you get all the, the messed up backstory of the main character and why his mind's the way it is, everything. And he realized it's separate to an arsehole his mum was and all that shit. And like, Jesus, I was not prepared for all of that emotion. <laughs> a lot of emotion. But then, yeah, after a week of speculation that yes, the armor is definitely a spy, <laughs> Axwell's is definitely a spy. Cosgrave's no is definitely a spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Do you think? Do you think that was an intentional? You know, calling that episode spies. Do you think that was an intentional thing to try and get people chatting and. Uh, and wondering, or do you think that was just an unfortunate side effect where people just ran with it? I think it was just unfortunate. I think it was just people reading too much into the title from us. Mm. But you know, you never know. Maybe maybe it's six or one half a dozen. Maybe they want to speculation, they'll create buzz for the finale. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think any rumors that Sasha Banks's character or Mercedes's character was secretly the spy was caused by Corey Graves because Corey Graves. On commentary back in the day, like no matter if she was a face or uh, or a heel, he always like had something to say about how much he didn't like her, how much he didn't yeah. trust her. <laughs> it's really much like something happened between the two of you in real life. <laughs> so, yeah, does she fall out of Carmella or something? Like, who hurt you? Who hurt <laughs> you? <laughs> but, yeah, we get uh, Axe Wills as he's on his way up through the clouds. Uh, Getting a, 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 get a message from uh, Bogdan telling him what happened, telling him to send the fleet down, everything, and he gets on the the ship and he takes it to send them all down. He uses the ship as a diversion as these tie bombers are coming for the main uh, cruiser. Now I, I thought he, it was going to be like a case of oh he loses them and he try all the ships get blown out of the sky. He escapes everything like oh he's definitely going to be a spy. Like, oh no, definitely not. Then I guess I guess I shouldn't think about rumors. I'll just enjoy the episode. <laughs> Crap spy if he's going to sacrifice himself. I know, you've you really, you really got this whole spy thing wrong, haven't you, Axe? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got Mando getting dragged away to this to be room, but he, he starts fighting away these guards, and just look like these guards actually might get a better of him. Grogu comes in, starts twisting one of the guards' arm. They're going, no, 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 no. The reason how a small green child who keeps pressing. No, he's activating buttons and this giant very clanking metal suit can somehow still manage to sneak around the base undetected for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes like this like and he he um 
gets um, attacked, doesn't he, by those um, red guards. And, yeah. Uh, they can't get anywhere near him because he's bouncing all over the place, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, so they both, they will go, like, he basically says, like, he tells Bo-Katana's uh, Dinjarn to basically get the others out and he'll, you know, he's going after Gideon. Uh, which is to, uh, another bit that talked about video games, this seemed like a very much of a video game where you go to that bit where there's the different shields he, he comes up to R5, he comes down, he starts messing with the shields in a way that only one opens at a time, so you can take out like, two guards at a time, which did seem like a very much like a video game level. Like, you, you go... Yeah, yeah. The further you go down, the harder the, the enemies get as the the shields um, get released. I forgot about that bit. But, so, yeah, yeah. As you say, it's very video game that like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And plus, he was like picking up their weapons. Like he wasn't able to grab a knife off one of them, but the guy fell off the ledge. So you can see him going grab. Like, oh no, he's gone. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you can imagine that in a game like, oh, like you kill a guy and he's gone. So like, press X to pick up gun, and you start taking these guns to the next level. But yeah, the shields also very much similar to the, those shields that stopped Obi Wan from mm. like saving uh, Qui Gon in Episode One. So just as well we don't have a moment where Grogu shouts, "No!" <laughs> he's watching Mando. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah. Also, like the you got to say a point where like, the guards at a certain level start expecting them, so they get their weapons ready as he's going further up, and R five nearly gets caught by those one of those little those little tiny like roller droid things, mm. and they start a group big group of them start surrounding him, like playing these sirens. He just zaps one, like get away, get away, <laughs> and so. But I like the last one, like, he's this big blast because R5 is taking ages, a big cloud of smoke. The final shield lowers and he just bursts through and takes out the next two troopers. And the whole, right at the end of it all, he looks right down the other end and Grogu just pops his head around the corners and say, like, is it safe? Can I come out now? So he's he's levelled up by the time he's got to the last ones. <laughs> so he's, he beats them a piece of pass. He's got his IP points right up. <laughs> And then they go through the next thing and they realise, like, yes, he was he was lying all along with old Moff Gideon about this coin thing because you see all these tubes with coin and stuff, and we've seen something similar to this in season two. But I assumed it was going to be like variations of Snoke or whatever. But no, you get close up right up to one of the the containers, and they're all they all look like Moff Gideon. Yeah, and basically, he wants to make an army of himself with and um, with Jedi powers. Hmm. That's why he wanted Grogu. Mm. Uh, one of the fucking clones opens its eyes and scares the hell out of Grogu. And they managed to destroy all the, the clones. Or did they destroy all the clones? Yeah. Oh, did they? A <laughs> people seem to be pointing out that Wolfgang uh, said his mustache. Oh, maybe, he's, maybe that was a clone. I mean, they could do that if they wanted to. But the reason, like, where Wolfgang tells his clone, like, you've got your own smartness. So let's, let me remind you of my entire plan. And you can tell that to them. You make them believe that you are me. Everyone knows clones can't grow moustaches. <laughs> of course, yeah, it's a, it's a well-known thing. <laughs> One of the first rules of sci-fi: if you have a clone, the clone can't grow a beard. Or if you have, or if you don't have a beard, the clone has a beard. Yeah. If, if this clone's going to be eviler than you, it has to grow a moustache out to a pointy end so it looks evil and it can be twirled. So oh, people can tell... Mm. Oh, people can tell the difference, yeah, people can tell the difference between you and evil you. 
<laughs> and then all yet nobody notices, hey, you've suddenly grown a goatee overnight and you're acting like a, a wanker, but must be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then Gideon's obviously not very happy that Mandel's destroyed his school and they they were going to be perfect. And all he needed left, while still remaining, was the one thing I never had. And he said, I could tell you could see, could see the force, could see the force, the force, like, yes. Because, you know, they're all about Gorgu Lyol. He's got such a high midi chlorian count and all that. So he clearly needed him, like, use of the force. So maybe, was like, getting was had high ideas about it. He's like, no, we don't need to bring back Palpatine. I'll have a army of my own clones. They'll have the force. I can oversee, I can overtake Thrawn, Palpatine, everybody. So. But the ideas about the station was old uh, Moff Gideon. He really was. He really was. But uh, anyway, then we get a proper like ending fight, like uh, where the armor leads the troops down to reinforce uh, Bo-Katan. So got a bunch of Mandalorians on jetpacks against these Imperial troops in jetpacks, and but the armor. Swinging in and just hitting them with our like hammer and tools, whereas Bukitan is flying through the air, cutting people down with the dark saber. And all the while, you got buddy Grogu. You think, well, what's going to happen to him? Where he's dealing with those like guards, he's like playing keep away, like can't catch me. <laughs> uh, I just I see him. He was lying. He was pinned down at one point. I'm like, Grogu, use the force. <laughs> and he does use it, but he doesn't use it like to like send them like flying back. He just like he'd send them flying back like as defensively, but doesn't use it to like try and choke them or anything. Like he doesn't use it like as a weapon. That's not the Jedi way, though, is it? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> it's also not the great way Jedi way to use your your force abilities to torture your little frogs, but that's what he does. <laughs> that's his dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mando manages uh, Grogu manages to take down these guards and then you got Bo-Katan squaring off to uh, with uh, Moff Gideon, she's in the dark side, but he's using a variation of the staff like, kind of like those guards would use uh, and then the fucking dark saber gets crushed which did make me gasp a little bit I know, yeah, I wasn't expecting that and then he makes a clip about Bogotan and Mandalorian's been nothing without their little trinkets, <clears throat> which is ironic when he's dressed in this super Vescar armor with uh, a blade thing of his own. Yeah. If he didn't have all that, it'd be it'd be struggling. Let's be honest. I know. Yeah, the fact like you said, all oh, you and your trinkets, yet you use most of their trinkets to build the sort of, <laughs> exactly. of yours. <laughs> but eventually, a uh, I think Grogu actually uses the force on Gideon at one point as well. So they all team up on Gideon. Axel starts crashing the the ship into the base by Ajax just before it makes impact. Everyone flees and the ship crashes. And pretty much, if this is the end of Gideon's call, it's still a brutal way to go. Some people are like, oh, it's not good enough of a death. Like, he pretty much got roasted alive by an exploding ship. Suppose they're probably hoping either Bogotan or Mando would would kill them themselves with you know the dark saber or their own bare hands, but instead he got incinerated, which is no, as you say is no more than he deserves. Or did he? Or was it or one of his he? clothes? Ooh, 
Yeah, I've seen so many theories about how Roth Kane would die. I saw one theory that said that the Metasaur would rise up at the end and eat him. <laughs> that would have been quite for, for cool, to be fair. Yeah, just say that's the level of rumors that were out there. But yeah, but Grogu uses the Force and he saves both of uh, both um, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin and the one. So I imagine that made him very, very tired afterwards. Uh, but the list of his returns so basically I think it sums up that it is finally the return to Mandalore for both of these tribes you get little uh, Paz Vizzler's son uh, Ragnar finally getting to you know, finish his, his induction into the Mandalorians beat the Kree without a giant monster trying to eat them but the fact that we all know that there is a giant monster beneath those waters we see them in episode 2 Hmm, I think we see some towards the end as well, don't we? Yeah. So he finally does the creed there that everybody's uh, like saying along, this is the way, and this is where we get the emotional moment where Din says, I want like grow his time, he can like be inducted and he's, he can be my apprentice. i like, yeah, but you said yourself, he's too young to speak the creed, too young to walk the way. So like, okay, then I will adopt him as my own, uh, he'll be my apprentice. Have you, have you seen the meme for this where because we need his parents we don't even know what they are and he goes oh no not another bloody side quest <laughs> oh be his dad <laughs> no I'm not going out looking for fucking more Jedis or little green people <laughs> uh, yeah I'll be I'll be his dad uh, and so he is then it's for now known as Din Grogu Yep, and I definitely wasn't almost crying at that point. No, no, you definitely got something in both your eyes at the same that's time. It, that's it, allergies, allergies. Yeah, you know, pollen count's really high at this time of year. It is, it is. <laughs> hay fever and everything. Dexter's got hay fever and everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then there was a very emotional moment where he comes with him. Oh, he's got that little chain mail under his robe we saw him get uh, last evening. Or like, I think it's in Book of Boba Fett. But then he gets a little side plate as well. So he's slowly but surely he's getting a tiny little uh, Mando armor for for Grogu. But I think at this point, when everyone's seen this the way, again, cut to Grogu, just lingered on him. And did you like me think, is he going to speak? I thought it would have been really cool if he, he, had, he had spoke. It would have been, yeah, but no, it doesn't, doesn't happen, unfortunately. We also, at some point, we also see um, the armour and uh, I think Bekatan flattering up a massive, um, mm-hmm. fer- what do they call it? Yeah, I think it's a furnace. Furnace, yeah. Yeah, basically, basically acknowledging that they're, they're bad and that it's time to rebuild Mandalore as it was. Uh, but yeah, I really thought like he was gonna speak. Like, is he gonna say this is the way, or or would he speak like? Uh, would he speak as we theorized before? Would he speak like uh, Yoda? You know the way this is. Yeah, I mean, is that how the species talk, or did Yoda <laughs> just have a weird speech impediment? We'll never know. I mean, we saw a variation of his species with Yaddle, or whatever her name was. Her she got killed by Count Dooku in Tales of a Jedi, like. She spoke like a normal person. Maybe it's only the male of the species that speaks a bit weird. <laughs> the males are, are born with a gene that causes them to take the piss whenever they speak. 
But uh, so then Ian Grogu leaves the planet, and I remember they're flying over. I'm like, I recognize the planet, but I don't know where from. It turns out it's that base where all the rebel pilots are. And little Grogu like leaps up onto the chair and starts eating something that's on the counter because, of course, he does. <laughs> and he starts Mando streams to that Carson Tiva, the the pilot that he uh, he'd met before, who had warned him about the pirates. And they'll say news has already traveled that Moff Gideon's apparent death. Who he's like, oh, you did us all a favor and everything. And Mando said, like, he needs to start his training. He needs to start his own journeys. Uh, like the 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 armor said, like your master, like your master did with you. So seems like very much similar to the Jedi in a lot of ways. This whole mm. master apprentice thing. So he's like, he's like, now they've got some more side quests to come in season <laughs> four. <laughs> and like, basically offers to do like contractor work independently on you know not really on the book so he's like he doesn't need to tell the republic about it but just let him know if there's something happened then he's taking care of and mando will deal with it so basically so he and grogan get some experience in kind of being yeah. about a hunter oh good stuff it's quite yeah because he says um i'll think about it and he says good good you know where to find me i haven't decided yet and he's like you've already made your mind up <laughs> And then he sees like there's a bunch of like like droid like heads and like helmets on the top of the bar and like he basically asks for the ID unit that he sees out there and uses that thanks to those little mechanics on Navarro to basically bring back IG eleven uh so he can take up the uh, the role of Marshall, the same role that Carga offered to to Mando, uh, which everyone seems to be happy about and uh <laughs> Kikarga sets him up with a little cottage over near the lava flats and he even calls him Ding Grogu because funny to see him call him by his new name when before when he first told him he sees Grogu he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him Ding Grogu. And then the final shot is this Mando sitting on his porch basically just chilling while Grogu's just flo- force floating a little frog. And then kind of, the way it is, it just kind of cuts. It's all the screen kind of goes to black, other than a wee circle. It's just it's just those two, and then it ends. Yeah, I like I like the way it ends. I like I like that they they live happily ever after. I know, like don't we always don't we want a happy ending for these characters that we've followed? Exactly. So yeah, that's a. Uh, that is not just the final tips, although that is season three. I mean, girl, we were waiting so long for season three. I mean, how are you feeling that another season has come to an end? Yeah, kind of sad. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's eight episodes, and those those sort of you know released weekly, and those eight weeks just seem to fly by, don't they? They really do. Yeah. On the last episode, before you know what's bloody happened. I know. And like, it's not even a case of like they release more than one episode at a time like some other shows do. Like uh, Kenobi did first two episodes mm. on the same day. Three we got three episodes of Andor at once. But yeah, we we'll, we won't have long to wait. You know, we'll we'll all up before you know it. So we'll be here, and then we'll have all sorts of other Star Wars content. Exactly. Plus, we're we are lucky that uh, as we confirm, we're getting a season four. I think. They've always written some of it. When they'll start filming it, I don't know. Again, it all depends on how much of Pedro Pascal will actually be physically on set this time around. 
Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I think uh, from the sounds of it, we might get a little bit of a feel of the last couple of seasons, like seasons one and two, to start our season four, in terms of like Mando, Mando and Grogu going on these little side quests so that Grogu can kind of learn from him and learn his ways. Yeah, yeah, it might even sort of connect to whatever happens on Ahsoka a little bit for all we know. So that could be could be interesting to see. Yeah, and then like, like them like give it a couple of episodes, then have them have to go back to Mandalore for a reason. Like maybe every time you go back to Mandalore now, you see it looking a bit better, kind of like how they have for Navarro. Like Navarro's kind of this like underworld planet in season one, but you see all these last couple of seasons. Every time they go back there, they've improved it somehow. So maybe they do the same for like Mandalore, like all these trades like pitching in to make the planet look uh, similar to what it used to look. Mm. That'd be cool. I did, I did see some people saying, I don't know how you feel, it's like they felt like how the week uh, perfectly ended for Mando and Grogu that they're wondering, does Mando need a season four? Could Mando not just pop up in other shows between now and the movie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the movie's as far off as they say they are, and they've already started writing season four, hopefully they've got um, something planned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a meme about Manjo, where the, that scene with the dark saber light from Big Wolf, why is it so heavy? And they, are, they have the armor saying, because you're carrying the weight of this entire franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do think what happens is Ahsoka might play into what happens in season four because of Mando and everybody's got to come together because of potentially Thrawn and if and if Gideon, I know we keep joking about it, but if Gideon is really dead, then Mando's going to have to deal with a different kind of main threat in season four. So mm, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then if, if Gideon has died, then maybe some other members of the Shadow Council will kind of rally together and maybe they'll come up with some sort of plan to take out the Mandalorians because they clearly do see them as kind of this major threat now they've not got any real Jedi to deal with at the minute you know looks alive out there and they know about Ahsoka but other than them they feel they feel they see him as one of the more major threats to them at the minute yeah they, they, they've got to be with their you know fighting expertise and their ever expanding numbers at this moment in time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that is all they come in the future I don't think we'll have very much to I know we could always speculate and everything, but I think anything we speculate here, like something like Skeleton Crew or Ahsoka could come along and just shatter our little theories the same way that this last episode shattered anyone's theories that the armor was a spy. Yep. If not, she's definitely playing the long game, if she is. Very much. Uh, girl, uh, you got anything else to say about this before we, we start to round out the show? No, not really. I just like you know, just like to say I, I, you know, some people were perhaps a bit disappointed with it, but I really enjoyed the episodes and sort of where they went with them, and there were some good, you know, good fighting scenes and and stuff. It was uh, yeah, decent, decent yeah. Uh, two episodes. Yeah, I, I agree as well. What would you should we do a rating out of ten for both episodes then, like we mm-hmm. usually do? We can do, yeah. I, I think I, go on, you first. No, you first. Okay. I'd say a solid. I'd say a solid eight out of ten for them. Mm-hmm. I would say eight and a half for maybe the uh, no, eight for the final episode. 
I think I go eight and a half. Sorry, nine and a half for episode seven. I think I like, I loved it that much. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't let down by episode eight, but I do say episode eight, episode seven has a, an argument to be up there with all the the twists, the turns, the sacrifice at the end. It has a case of potential to be up there with some of the better episodes of the last couple of seasons. So, given that it helped also helped give the put the season back on track for the last couple of episodes as well, I think it has. I think the highest rate I can give for any episode this season probably has to go to episode seven. Yeah, no. To be fair, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, as a, as in the episode on its episode seven on its own, yeah, you probably could give nine out of ten to. To be fair, and then perhaps mm-hmm. a solid eight for uh, episode eight. So if you put it together, we got an average score of just eight, eight and a half for both episodes. It's still a solid. <laughs> I don't what know would, what the average is. What would you wait? What would you break the season overall? Oh. That's interesting because that, that third episode was a weird perishing plot, really mm, slowed yeah. down. But it was only like it was like the only episode like it as well, and it felt so sort of disconnected from everything else. It was a it was a weird choice. Then you had good stuff in the middle, like the stuff with the pirates. Yeah, people who really didn't like the stuff the the episode with all the cameos in it, like Jack Black and all that. But I didn't hate it as much. At least Jack Black didn't have to sing a song in it like he does in Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that would have been awesome if it had sung a song. Grogu, Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think an eight's pretty. Maybe seven and a half. Uh, seven yeah. and a half is, is decent enough. Yeah, I would say some uh, between seven and a half and eight. Yeah. Because I was worried going into this because I've watched some shows that had a good. A strong start for her season, an even better season two, and then like really shat it signaling with a third season. But then again, those two that did do that had a really strong season four. So I thought even if this goes down the toilet, at least season four will be better than that because it's happened far too often for me. Addo did it, Dexter did it. Uh, I've seen too many shows have a really lackluster third season. But compared to those, this Mando thing is not as bad as some people are making it out to be. No, it's not. And it, to be fair, it is hard to keep up that sort of level of consistency season after season. You you are going to get dips here, here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that is going to run us out. Like I said, I don't know what we're going to talk about for the, what we're going to talk about for the next couple of episodes between now and to get invasion. We'll, we'll probably go away and think of something. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm sure there's stuff in other streaming services that we could watch that we could talk about. What? No. <laughs> I mean, we did take a brief deal and don't already have some primary talk about the boys, and that didn't, definitely didn't traumatize us in any way. No, no, I don't know if there's anything due out in between because um, um, now and secret invasion. To be honest, I don't. I don't know what else is about. It's amazing the stuff we talk about the show. A lot of it seems so far away, and then so much of it just comes around. Too much of it comes at the same time that we don't know what to do with it. Like there's, there's never a middle ground. Yeah, I mean, if we have to take a bit of a hiatus, we we will be back definitely for Secret Invasion. So it's not that it's not that far away, really. Males males soon come and go, won't it? Let's be honest. April seems to have sped by quick enough. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, it's been amazing. so cold and shitty. It still felt like March, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, with a with one or two, two or three days in between that had some actual sign in there. <laughs> I could actually walk outside and wear a shirt, which you know, it got to it got to a full twelve degrees, which in Scotland. And the sun was out, which in Scotland means some idiot was going to try and walk around with his shirt off. <laughs> and then I was quickly told to put it back on, and I said sorry. <laughs> oh, Scott. Uh, when will I learn? <laughs> but, uh, Carl, I'm sure there's plenty of other great content on Rogue Pines for the people they'd be entertained by when they're waiting for the next episode of Boy Name Easy. I'm sure some of it's got to do with you, so would you like to plug any of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got... Uh... The um uh, the f- uh, five best albums pod that I did with Nathan and Liam. So uh, check that out if you like your music and interested to see um, what diverse musics we all listen to. We've got the football pod with um, again Liam and um, Nathan where we talk all things football, uh, Arsenal battling the title and. Uh, Man United been very sort of hot and cold, so uh, what? Watch out for those. And we've also got. Um, I did someone else. Sorry, Scott, I've cheated on you. I did a last. I did a a, a review of The Last of Us. So um, make sure to check that out. I am wounded. <laughs> I cannot believe you've done this to me. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, but we're pimps, you know. We 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 can't count on us to be uh, strictly faithful. Yeah, definitely not. Which is why I don't feel bad for some of the blogs I'm going to mention a lot. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, you can also check me and Carly alongside Beast on the Rank Bank. We've got one that's so big we've had to split it into two parts. So part one will be out before this. Probably will be out before this episode. So go check it out once you're done with this. The Rank Bank first part of ranking every. WWE champion. What uh, five distinct categories? I twisted Reese's arm and paid him a handsome sum to let me take the lead <laughs> on that one. <laughs> and there's definitely more disagreements on this one than there was on our um, MCU and Star Wars um, lists. Yeah. I mean, there's very little women involved that are integral to the, the each frame, so Carl can immediately say, goated. For that reason, <laughs> no, no, um, we uh, we got we got through thirty out of the fifty-four at time recording WWE champions, so we're getting far more modern and probably a lot more heated when we get to part two. Eventually, we're getting, we're getting together to record that, and we're getting, we're thinking of other categories in the future. Uh, like we and we probably not, and we probably won't do a women's title one because I'll just put the modern goat in, so. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Everyone in goated and then <laughs> fabulous Miller all the way down at the bottom to your, and nothing oh, in the middle. <laughs> nothing in the middle. Uh, you got me and Paul both on our feed, Scott and Paul on podcast and this feed on the same places you get your podcast. We have an episode out recently to talk about everything going on that's good in wrestling and there's a lot of it actually despite what you might think. Uh, and we have some freeze-related episodes, some non-wrestling episodes. We've got some new ideas we're trying out in the coming weeks. Me and Paul also are getting out a recent ep- a 
me and Paul are also getting set to release a new episode of Rogue Retro Smackdown here as we're only a couple weeks away from Unforgiven 2000. Uh, nothing else for me on Rogue Opinions. Check out Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat at Suplex Retreat. Their main show Central has now got an upgrade. We've got a new studio. You know, it sounds a lot more professional. I'm going to be on every so often on that show. The first episode that I'm on of the new revamp should already be out by the time you're listening to this. So go check it out. Uh, and yeah, at Rogue underscore opinions on Twitter at SB Rambling at Scott McLeod 1986. He is at Carlos underscore Fire 80. Uh, this is not a plug for a podcast, but watch watch that Power Ranger special on Netflix. It's very good. It's nostalgia and cheese in all the right ways. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll have to when I finally decide to resub to Netflix. I'll have to check that. That'll be one of the things that I check out. Uh, yeah. Until next time when we're potentially together again, uh, we will bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. And until season four comes around, remember this is the way. This is the way. And don't forget that pudding ain't easy. Especially when your podcast partner cheats on you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> This one is from my one and only true love, Princess Peach. Peach, you're so cool. And with my star, we're gonna rule. Peach, understand. I'm gonna love you till the very end. Peaches, 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 peaches,